0: Uh, welcome to the Box Set Pod. This week, brought to you by Jamie Wore a Nipple Pump. Uh, oh, come on. If you've not heard that on last week's podcast, make sure you go back and listen to it, because it's a personal highlight for me, when Jamie admitted to having tested a breast pump for his yeah. forthcoming child. Jamie's yeah. having a child. What a I'm bizarre, having a
1: child. bizarre thing.
0: Anyway... Welcome to the podcast. Tonight we're going to be talking about Nurse Jackie, uh, which I've watched the first episode of. Have you, Jamie? I have indeed. Okay. Who's the experts on this bad boy? Matt, I think, suggested it. Um, oh yeah so we'll try him out Um, others may join as well but the point of this podcast is that we gather a bunch of people around some of whom have watched uh, an entire series some of whom like us have only watched the first episode and we're trying to figure out when the world recommends you a new box set to watch how how can you get over those initial hurdles and should you bother getting over those initial
1: hurdles we Mm. carry on I think that that I was a good example I think what this pod is Mm. is we are that friend that is telling you to carry on with something Mm. that we think that you might have started and you're not sure about and we're saying carry on because it gets good let me give you an example i think we're more than that though
0: i think it's listening i think it's listening on a conversation of people saying that but allowing you to decide whether the things that we say are worth carrying Mm. on for
1: are actually worth it for you whether that's going to suit you Amen. I'm uh, someone at work. I uh, introduced him to they started watching community, the TV show community, and I think you need you've not really got into no. that, have you, Howell? No. And I said, and he said, I'm I'm not liking it. We got a few episodes in. I'm not in. I don't like Chevy Chase. It's just not working. Ooh. I said, keep going. I said, keep going because everybody in that show gets better, and the characters become rich yeah. and full yeah. and vibrant. Yeah. And he came back in on Monday and he was like, Jamie, you were effing right. Yeah. This show is now one of my favourite ever. Chevy Chase is a comedy genius. But and I since feel... then I've lent him the film Fletch because that's Chevy at his best.
0: But I feel like I've been making that argument to you, the exact same argument about Chuck <laughs> for two years. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I am living the example, you know, <laughs> I'm still watching Gilmore Girls. I've got problems with it, but I'm powering on. Um mm. I yeah actually have, you know
1: what fair play yeah i've, I've watched play. loads
0: i'm watching loads of mm. stuff that this podcast has told me to watch and and, yeah. and my life is better mm. you can't even bring yourself to carry on watching a series that gets better and better and yeah. better
1: yeah. well you know at the moment it's not it's not even that it's just i've moved it down a list it's a li- it's in my head on a list it's not been put to the beneath what? don't do give me the list uh, At the moment, it's behind, well, I don't want to reveal too much on the pod, but uh, it's it's at least behind, uh, we're watching Happy Valley, we're watching Rick and Morty. I want to finish Transparent Season 2, because Transparent Season 3 is about to come out. Mm -hmm. Um, Luke Cage is coming out on Netflix, I'd like to give that a go, plus Narcos is on that list as well. Mm -hmm. You see how I'm I could keep going here, Mm. but it's on that list. Somewhere in the mix there—that's mm. the problem. All yeah, right? yeah.
0: I just feel like all of those things have come since we interviewed Mel for the first time about two <laughs> years ago. Um, and I think it'll give you something that those other things can't. Yeah. I really do. Man, yeah. All right, all yeah, right. Well, maybe because
1: what I like to do oh, is don't this not
0: Tell is... me you're going to start watching it. It's got boring no, now. Um, I'll say, me I'll say saying this. watch
1: it is now as boring as you yeah, saying yeah. I will but I'll say this and this is something I recommend doing for any viewers any binges mm. have a show one comedy and one drama and mix them up yeah definitely so I'm, I'm about to run out of a comedy so I need to mix it up with another comedy Chuck. so maybe that's where Chuck will come in that's it uh, but yeah always have a mix comedy drama just you know, like, keep it zesty. You don't want to get bogged down because Happy Valley and watching at the moment is extremely good, but it's uh, it's murky business. Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: that's right. So, um, before we get to Nurse Jackie, a couple of bits of news this week. I know. Noticed... Yeah,
1: a couple of little bits and bobs. First of all, Robert Zemeckis. He made Back to the Future. He made Cast Away. He made Forrest Gump. He made Flight with Denzel Washington. Uh, He is teaming up with NBC to do a modern retelling of the story of Noah's Ark. Uh, In this version, an engineer, not a carpenter or whatever Noah was, uh, is compelled to build an interstellar space vessel for humanity because the world's ending. And uh, that's all we know so far. There's some interesting people involved, such as David Kunker, the screenwriter for the Blacklist. Great name. Did you watched Blacklist, Howell? No. Nope. Conkers. <laughs> the first series of Blacklist is very good, and then it tails off horrendously. Uh, but so hopefully he'll do a very good job with that Zemeckis project. And I think with Zemeckis, he's a, he's the kind of guy who visually will provide an, a stunning feast of visual entertainment. He sometimes lacks it. When he's trying to, you know, develop a very powerful story in a uh, long, long form. Anyway, but he, you know, there's moments in some of his films that are amazing, yeah. and uh, I'm sure that he'll he'll grab a lot of incredible special effects out of the Noah Noah's Ark story. <coughs> bless you. <coughs> Next bit of news. <coughs> bless you again and again. Oh my God. Uh, John Cleese is apparently working with the BBC on a brand new TV sitcom. Um, the, head of com- That's you again. the head of comedy at the BBC, Shane Allen, has revealed that uh, Cleese is apparently in the process of writing a new comedy and they're in talks with him. Uh, Cleese is uh, looking at a medium-sized part for himself. Uh, the BBC role yet has not been confirmed, but they're in talks, which is a major step because mm. over a year ago Cleese lambasted the BBC for uh, saying that the two the two centric on new writers, they don't give one about the older, more classic uh, legendary mm-hmm. writers such as himself, and he said he would never work with the BBC again <laughs> so this is a big step forward for Cleese but we do know that he's been hard up his ex wife stiffed him in the divorce. Yeah, a couple so of ex wives,
0: I think. Yeah, I mean, he's, he, he's yeah, had to do yeah. a lot of peddling financially. Yeah. Yeah. Prenup, uh, John.
1: Prenup. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah, we all sign them these days. <laughs> um, so, Cleese is possibly back on the BBC. newcomer New comedy. And, you know, that's the thing. He's still brilliant. He is. Whenever you hear him interviewed, I always think he's still a, a brilliant comedy mind. I know that mm-hmm. should be used. Well, in which case, it's time to welcome Matthew Wandless
0: to the podcast. Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning, Matthew Wandless.
2: Hello, Howell.
1: Uh, how are we? Hi, Matt.
2: Hi, Jamie Hayden.
1: All right. You you always, uh, when you enter the pod, you always sort of enter with this kind of, uh, sounding like you've, you know, you just this heavy breathing sort of Darth Vader-like. I know essence it's
0: he does uh, it, it's quite unnerving there's a lot of heavy breathing that goes on on this podcast let me tell you when i'm a
2: chronic asthmatic is you that, know, it's oh uh, yeah. yeah it's just the way i'm built
0: all right yeah and okay. also sometimes
2: that. sometimes when we're at the theater or the cinema my wife leans over to me and goes you're breathing very loudly
0: jamie has exactly <laughs> the same bloody yeah, problem I,
1: I have that i have that oh my god oh, my. My issue is that I can't breathe that well through my nose like... um I don't mm. know why. It's got a big
0: nose. Me, no. Me and you. I'm sneezing. Yeah. Here. I've spent the last two weeks taking my rabbit Rene, to the vet because he can't stop sneezing. You don't. He, you don't know how disturbing it is to be sat on the couch trying to enjoy Nurse Jackie while a rabbit is having a sneeze attack underneath the couch. Poor thing. Can't breathe I when can he sneezes. Imagine. And today I got to see rabbit X-rays, which um, I'm telling, they're, they're amazing. My and God. they've got
2: thousands of bones.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah. And he's got this way he stands, he's a very dopey animal and he sort of stands with his legs splayed out and they're like that on the uh, on the picture. He looks like a ghost that's standing up going, Woo but a rabbit <laughs> ghost. It's uh it's been a, it's been both tragic and an exciting time. And I've uh, you know, gonna inject him with fluids every day. It's uh it's Ooh. ridiculous. Anyway. Hello um fun fun times so i think you know this this may be us this evening work experience boy jack is uh is is not there i don't think i'm going to just give mel a try because i know she she's been no mel's mel's not there she's on another call so So it's me and Jamie having watched the first episode of Nurse Jackie and the nurse of North London himself, Matt (laughs) Wandless, who recommended this to us. So a bit of context, Uh, Jamie, where where are we in the world with this?
1: Um, Well, I can tell you that um, obviously this was a, a show on Showtime in America where it was originally commissioned... Uh, it began in 2009 uh edie falco from sopranos is the main character um and um yeah the the writers of it also kind of, some of them worked on the sopranos as well mm. so some of the creators come from that background and, yeah, it's basically, that's the basics
0: behind yeah, so, it. So, Tony Soprano's wife obviously wanted a good project after The Sopranos, and I imagine that she got a great deal of offers, and she chose this one, which is, which is the first plus point <laughs> to it, I suppose. Um, and the basic premise is that she plays a nurse at a hospital she tries to do good she's uh, she tries to stay on the right side of morality but it's um, uh, the kind of morality that happens in that vet i was at today where you go well who deserves to survive and who doesn't deserve to survive when when life is so unfair to everybody so for example you know a gangster type or a, a fellow who stabs a woman 50 times who also then comes into the hospital later, shows no remorse and has lost his ear, but she's got his ear. Well, she might well flush that ear down the toilet. Um, but she also, whilst being a great nurse and standing up for what's right in the world, has a uh, drug problem or preference depending on which way this goes i'm not sure um it seems to be a lot like the sopranos it seems to be very much about questioning morality has that covered i mean character wise she's a nurse there's a doctor who's a bit of a sleaze and a bit of an idiot Yeah,
1: she, she's got a drug problem um, yeah. um as well i did mention that mention just that. now quite oh, a you? lot oh. yeah <laughs> how much do you
0: not listen to me jesus
1: yeah
0: that was the main focus of everything that i just said um yeah and then, uh, yeah, she's got another friend there. Who's kind of a manager who's English. Um, she's and a she, she's a doctor. She also has sex with another member of staff at the hospital.
2: Pharmacist. So by, um, Pharmacist. Paul, Paul, Schultz, Schultz, I think his name is.
0: Okay. Schultz. Schultz. And who he was, can... uh, Father
2: Anton Tola in the Sopranos.
0: Ah, right. And he can keep her in drugs that she wants as well. Um, and I don't want to spoil the very end of the episode, but she has some morality issues in her own life so so yes, so in many ways, much like the sopranos, it is putting you in a position to question the main character are they entirely good what what does that mean etc So what did we think
1: Jamie um? Yeah, I think where it differs from Sopranos is the, uh, it's very much, I mean, and it's not by the creator of the Sopranos, but uh, it's its very much funny. It's, it is funny as well. And uh, I, th- I found the, the pilot to be, because we talked a lot recently about pilots and about yeah. how you can get it wrong. Yeah. And a lot of shows get it wrong. A lot yep. of shows struggle with the pilot episode. Yeah. It's, a, it's a tough thing to do. Or at but least this,
0: wrong wrong in relation to what they then realise they need to do with it. It's not really a wrong, is it? It's like it's a, yeah, it's a big laboratory yeah. that they can then figure out what's yeah, good you, or bad.
2: You can often come back to the pilot and find it unrecognisable from the show you end up
1: watching. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, It's a, it's hard to create a pilot that is going to immediately draw people in yeah, the, and, and and let and let them understand what the show is. This 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 pilot is pretty much. If I was teaching a class on how to make a pilot for a TV show, this is the episode I would show of a show because wow. it's. The, I think it's the perfect example of how to do a pilot. It's brilliant in the way that it sets up. Exactly, you know who she is by the end of that episode. You know who she is you understand her life you understand the uh, the different aspects of what's pulling her and pushing her in different directions and you are interested in that world and the characters within that world i thought the writing was just amazing i thought it was it was a brilliant well crafted first episode that it stood on if it just if you just watched it on its own without watching any other episodes ever again you'd say that was brilliant you know it was really good and it made me want to watch a hell of a lot more because it, it just it just felt rich and and incredibly well developed and it, it, it had a voice that understood immediately what it was and said this is this is what you're getting and this is what it's about and i thought that that's a really hard thing to do and also engage an audience and make them want to follow that journey so i think it's close to a perfect pilot as I've ever seen. Wow.
2: Wow. High praise. It's interesting you say that actually because um, my wife got me into this. Well, in fact, no, my, my my parents did initially. They they suggested it to us, and then um, <clears throat> I think it was while Hannah was pregnant, uh, she started watching this because she had a lot more free time. And uh, I I watched the the first episode and I didn't I didn't think it was very good. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> No not, not that's 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 wrong. Always it's not that I didn't think it was very good.
1: Even, even. <laughs> even <laughs> when it's my suggestion. I praise like that.
2: You're wrong, Jamie. It's not a very good part <laughs> No, but um I, I it it took me a little bit of convincing, that's all. I, hmm. I've uh, but then I watched it again this week to, in, in prep for this and uh, and actually I thought what was my problem with it? Because <laughs> I, 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 I kind of you. agree with you now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, That'll be
2: your last dying I think it is a very good thought
0: pilot. on your deathbed. Your, your last dying thought about life will be, what, what, was, was, my what was my problem, problem
2: with it? <laughs> 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 uh, so what was Howl, your problem about you? with it?
0: Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let me build on what you say because i i think let yeah you you go first what was your problem with it
2: did you figure Honestly, that out i don't know watching right. it again i was just like what? why did i think this wasn't very good what what, what did i have a problem with I, I know i remember i didn't like um the british doctor his mm-hmm. name i can't remember now mm-hmm. um very much yeah uh,
0: and but like well, obviously she doesn't stick around for very long.
2: <laughs> no, 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 she does. Oh, uh, okay,
0: she, you just she, can't remember now. She, um, she, she. I
2: mean, she does. She doesn't make. She doesn't go all the way through the show, but she's in the first few seasons at any rate. Mm. Um, uh, but um. But that's it. No, I, I, I really, I, I, can't, I cannot think what. I, maybe it was just, and I know this happens to me. Do you guys? This, this might be a very stereotypical thing to say, but do you find that you often come up with what you're going to watch with your partners? Um, perhaps,
0: yes. Um, mm. I think so. Like I'm, often,
2: I'm mostly the driving force behind, let's watch this. Yeah. I'm the one who finds out that things are out there and then I come home and I go, look, let's watch this. And yes. I feel like I often face an uphill battle. I think someone
0: said to me once that men are all kind of on the autism scale somewhat more than women... And um, yeah. and I think there's something about that sort of geekery that, that, that this is very generalised. Like you can hear Marsha screaming at this already, but um, I, I think that there is that element of uh, geekery about it, where we, where we seek out that next thing. Sarah would rather put normal TV on, probably, most of the time. She'd rather see yeah, what's Yeah, I, w- I would on say,
2: with, with, based on my experience, you're more likely to find it in guys than they, that they will compulsively watch um, mm, mm. boxing. Sets. Not to say that there aren't women who, who do it as well, but more of my guy friends do than my uh, female friends. Because we're That's obsessive. I
0: mean, hence the success of football, which is Matt's other podcast. And, uh, you know, our ability to want to file things and stick, be obsessive within a world, I think is very yeah. strong.
2: But anyway, so I, 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 when, when I try and, um, you, you know, broach a new series with, with Hannah... Uh, I often feel like I, I, I'm watching her uh, watch the episode and, um, and like, <laughs> I have the tendency to think that she's not liking it. Okay. And, and, and she needs to prove to me that she's enjoying it <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> And I think maybe I, I wanted to turn the tables on her a bit because she'd watched um, like a whole series of this before I started watching it with her, and I think I was just determined to be a bit of an ass about it. And be, yeah. Well, it's all right, you know, it's okay. Yeah.
0: Um, well, like, as as happens, hence the reason for this podcast that we were discussing a bit before you joined us. It, it, it you know that there is definitely that, especially when somebody else makes a big recommendation. There's a big part of you that thinks, um, well, this has to live up to high standards, a bit like the Jamie Ghostbusters situation of, well, he lowered the the expectation so much that I genuinely watched it and wished them well, rather than, I think, perhaps Jamie watching it and not necessarily wishing them well, but wishing, comparing it to something else. I think context of how you come to something is really powerful.
2: I have to see that Ghostbusters movie. I yeah, really I'm so anxious to know where I come down on this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you, ah, you something uh, in the back of your mind
0: really wants to agree with Jamie rather than me, which'll bias it straight away. But it was like I was texting Helen yeah. from Empire magazine about it, slagging Jamie off. And and she put it like that. She said I think I think the way that I try and watch every film is to completely clear my mind and just wish it well. Wish the yeah. makers well. Yeah. And
1: I think with comedies as well it's especially like I wanna Watch Ghostbusters again now because I do agree that I wanted it to be good. and genuinely mm. wanted it to be good. I do agree with comedies. Like if you're not, um, like for for example, I watched the film. You remember the, you seen the film Sideways, yeah, mm. yeah, uh, with Paul Giamatti, and uh, in that film, I watched that film in the cinema. Nobody really laughed or responded to it, and I came out and went, I think that's quite good, but I don't know really. Mm. And then I watched it at home with a guy, a friend of ours called Philip Smith, mm. and he was laughing like pissing himself laugh. constantly. Yeah, and it made me realize how good the film was. Yeah, and maybe, and it does make it especially with funny films. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You it do team will tell be...
2: you the power of a crowd,
1: who, yeah, in terms,
0: yeah.
2: Of, in terms of comedy. Absolutely. I think it was
0: Terry Jones. Jones, who said it, 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 comedy must be watched by a thousand people, and it it's. Um I've been to... You know what I'm like, because I've got my unlimited card for Cineworld and I live next to a cinema. If I really oh, like yeah. a film... So lucky. Yeah, often I'll go and watch it two or three times and, like, you're going to laugh. But when Frozen came out and nobody knew that there, there hadn't <laughs> been all that much promotion about it and stuff, there'd been standard Disney promotion, I think, so more than most. But there were no expectations because this was the first time that Disney, not Pixar, had come and done something really spectacular with the animation. And I went, and I just went. This is fucking phenomenal! What a brilliant musical! What brilliant artwork! It, uh, it's different. It, it's a love story between two girls. It's it's brilliant. And I went to watch it two or three times, and. I've done that with a couple of things, particularly comedies, and I've seen the difference. I remember The Inbetweeners was one as well, the first Inbetweeners movie. The first time I watched it was a packed cinema on a Friday night, and it was like tears down the face laughing. The next time I went to watch it, it was a much quieter cinema. People weren't laughing as much, and it felt so different. And I just thought Mm -hmm. the difference in experience of the person sat in row D4 uh, compared to the night before is just amazing and so part of it's the crowd but part of it is expectation and you went to ghostbusters mm. wanting it to be something i went just, I just I, yeah wanting it to entertain
1: me and i'd be happy with that you know um yeah i, I just wanted it to be good that's all i wanted so to and... go back to nurse jackie yeah, yeah um yeah
0: i think that i uh i agree with I agree with you, Jamie. It's an excellent, perfect pilot. There are certain reasons why it's a great pilot, which is um, it's not an hour long. A lot of pilots do a double, and I'm pretty sure this one's half an hour. Am I right with that? Yeah. I think yeah. Yeah, yeah but, it's half an hour throughout the series. And I've done a lot of pilots for this podcast recently, and they they don't just... Try to set out the stall. They try to cover every base possible to show the audience and the funders that there's a lot that can happen, and it was really nice for it to be half an hour. Um, it felt almost identical in that form to the original Sopranos although that was an hour um the original Sopranos thing if you think about you set up these characters it's all about morality who do you like who do you not um there's some there's some disgusting characters you're not sure if you should laugh at them or like them or or think that they're horrible um and uh, so I think so I think that it, it really matches the Sopranos in that sense the way that It annoyed me though was for the exact same reason was that it made me want a pilot like you are talking about this you said if you were teaching a class about a pilot you'd say here's how you do a pilot I am dying to see a TV series and actually Stranger Things is probably it that it's just episode one presumes that it's going to carry on and with Netflix you do get that because they've bought the whole series that's you know it's not being tested mm. it's going to yeah. happen so you you hit ground one and it's not a prolog we've got this form now that you've summed up is the perfect form in this case of a pilot and I watch it and I know that this thing was made and then it would be judged and it might carry on and it might not. And mm-hmm. that just annoys me a bit because I like to be surprised. And the form, while the characters and the plot were interesting, the form of it doesn't surprise me anymore. I know there's going to be a big twist at the end. I know there's going to be different introductions of characters. Whereas what we saw with Stranger Things and the get down, which I've just finished, is uh, something that just jumps into this world and begins to explore the bloody story rather than th- the blurb. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a blurb.
2: Ooh. I kind of agree with you in the sense that I, looking back on um, a lot of series, I think there's definitely a case to be made that the pilot should just never be aired. Yeah. That they should. Uh, they should feels like the a test screening. Episode. Yeah. Yeah, and it does. It's like mm. often, like with The West Wing, for example, it it, it looks shoddier. The mm-hmm. music's different. The music sounds like it's made on a Casio keyboard synth, before yeah. they can afford an orchestra. It is, yeah. And um, uh, and and the set looks different. The offices look different. The Oval Office isn't as impressive. Mm. In fact, you don't see the Oval Office in the first episode. Do you not? Know? Um, maybe, maybe the they walk the last, through it, but certainly, you don't see the president in the Oval where does my you do you do right at the end sorry right at the end you do yeah yeah Mm. um but uh like the sopranos as well it looks really shit it looks like it was shot on lower grade film Mm. yeah
0: um
2: and so so i i I tend to agree with you and uh and they often feel quite bizarre like what what was the one i watched not that long ago it was um oh it's sex in the city
0: Oh my The God. first,
2: the very first episode of that is utter dog shit. In fact, most of the first most, series,
0: uh, most of all of Sex and the City is utter dog shit. But carry on. No,
2: you know, it's very easy to dismiss Sex and the City, and it, and, yeah, and, no. and I don't like it as an overall thing. Mm. But um, like some of the mid, the, the middle tier of it is is actually very good. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, they they don't know what they're doing. Often in the pilot. Yeah. Um, and and th- this one I think is quite good because well i get what you're saying like the the end and i don't think it's a twist and i don't think it's a spoiler when she encounters her husband (sighs) um it is it 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 just it just flows on from there there's no jar between the first episode and the second episode and like the 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 whole thing about her um affair is you know it carries on for a long time Mm. uh and so so it's 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 not like this is just oh my god the, the, these are the pawns and they're all in place yeah it's uh well good. It, it 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 starts as it means to go on yeah
0: good and all of that said we ended this episode on monday night uh, this is thursday now and we both sarah and i immediately said let's put the next one on and then mm-hmm. i said oh sh- i can't because i'll keep getting told off on the podcast for- watching too much so I've purposely not watched any more but I can't wait tonight I'll crack on with it so it's a it is a it's a rare thing in that it it does make me want to go on. I do, I yeah. do question whether it's, um, you know, okay, so it's, we're talking about grade A stuff. Uh, because the form is quite recognisable, though, and because it feels like the Sopranos, and we've had a lot of series now that question the morality of the main characters, is it markedly different as it goes on? I mean, is it worth carrying on with compared to...
2: I think it is Breaking markedly path? different because of the extremes that it goes to okay. because what you, what you have I, I i don't know how you feel but a nurse is like they they are paid shit and they do incredible work mm-hmm. and she's like the best nurse ever mm-hmm. uh so she on on one hand she is morally on the highest of ground mm-hmm. you know she spends her day saving people's lives and doing it as you see in this kind of maverick way, where she she doesn't give a fuck about the system, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and and she'll she'll just you know if she sees that someone needs these drugs, she's gonna they're gonna get those drugs, and they it, I don't care if you've got insurance, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know she'll she'll be sneaky and and underhand to try and make sure that the right thing is done, but at the same time, like you the, the the drug thing that is that is kind of what the series is about she isn't an, and this She's is a addict. wonderful thing this is why uh it, like i think it is a bit like the sopranos about in to the, say that. It, it's it's based on this incredibly strong but very economic central core of this is a gangster who sees a psychiatrist yeah this is a nurse who has a drug problem yeah and so, so, well, she's a gangster you know, then... slash
0: superhero, I suppose. She's, she's a superhero nurse. She's the best nurse ever. And she's a gangster in the sense that she's making up her own rules. And she's living... Uh, you, you're not sure. What I'm guessing is, a lot like The Sopranos, you as an audience member are perhaps split about whether or not you want this person to get caught or not.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's seven series of this. Wow, <laughs> and, and um, like I just finished watching the final season, and it, like I say, it goes to extremes. So, mm. th- th- and and that's why it's so strong because the the moral swing of this character goes from absolute right to and and to you know to paragon through to absolute wrong, and I don't know whatever you want to call that, mm. you know, dregs of society. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I think
1: I think the it sounds it does sound amazing. I think you, 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 you I don't really for me like the like I don't mind the the what well, I don't I don't really mind the journey that that we're going to go on at the at the moment. Like I trusted like that pilot episode, I trusted the voice, the writer's voice, immediately. And so I'm like, I want to know what this where they're going to take this. I don't I don't mind. I don't need uh, to be told where it's going to go. I trust that they're going to go somewhere interesting with it because I felt like in the pilot you just you just know when you when you're watching something that's good or when you're reading something that's quality, you just know when it's good. And this just feels good, you know. After I've watched um a lot of new stuff recently and then you give up after a few and you you just get sick of like hearing cliché dialogue or predictable yeah. plots. And it's so nice when you watch them and you think, I'm probably not going to be able to second guess anything that happens in this show.
2: Yeah, and there's that I'm lovely also... moment. Sorry, there's that lovely moment like with, with um, where she kind of comes in and busts the balls of the new uh, dickhead doctor. Yeah,
1: yeah and like yeah.
2: you've you've seen that in ER, you've seen that in whatever Scrubs mm-hmm. or in some, anything that touches on the medical profession, like you know the nurse who knows what they're doing, uh, the streetwise guy who will talk to the the noob who's come in and thinks they know it all and bust their balls and tell them what to do. And then he grabs her boob because he's got this weird kind tit. of tourette, physical Tourette <laughs> yeah. and just undercuts the whole thing. I, again, it's <laughs>
0: like, again, it's an example of where I was going to do a like, do I, uh, is this funny? Is this, what, uh, what am I feeling here for this character where I think, I imagine when you've watched it and you go back and watch that, you know that character so much better. But when you first watch it, you go, what is this? Why? Is he making this up? Is this real? And yeah, yeah, it turns out it is. You, as she says, he grabbed me on the tit. is
2: you- <laughs> 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 a great line. It's brilliant. And, uh like, there's there's so many good characters in it that you haven't discovered yet as well. And but Zoe, um, the, the the student nurse who comes on in the first oh, yeah, episode, yeah.
0: who is in is... um, uh, Doodar as well, Walking Dead. Is she? Yeah. Yeah, she
1: is. Yeah. yeah. Really? Merit, Merit Weaver. But she's yeah. in the
2: late stages of Walking Dead. She I've yeah. yeah. seen her. I don't think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, she's in the yeah last two series. Yeah.
2: Um, but she's brilliant in this. She's mm. so funny later on, as as she sort of starts to grow into the role, as an actor and as the nurse. As well, it's 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 really a a really great relationship. That kind of it's it's that classic uh, master student sort of thing, but it's just done really really well.
0: I think there's something about Merritt Weaver as well that I really. Uh, like, and it's significant, my, my sister does, studies into fat people, into obesity and into the idea that, uh, well, statistically, fat people live longer than thin people. They were incredibly um, fattest in our world and cruel to fat people. And it's the kind of last taboo in some way, or the last witch hunt. And um, it's not often that you get actresses who are not skinny i'm not saying she's fat she's uh but she isn't like a model thin or fit and even nurse jackie who is uh, an older lady still is incredibly fit and and actors by profession you know quite often they're very physical people and they're very fit physically fit she's just brilliant and she's not there in the same way that melissa mccarthy and gilmore girls for example plays a chef you know um she's obsessed with food and things often a lot like the token black person in days of old. Uh, the, the, anyone who isn't skinny is often that way for a reason for the part. And she isn't in this. And I hope that remains. I just think she's great. And she's brilliant in the walking dead for that. I can see. That's quite why quite good in that
2: <laughs> So in, in that sense, this show is quite good because the cast is quite gawky and that like, the only person who stands out as being really handsome mm. is kind of Jackie's husband. Right. He's yeah. he's the most yeah. handsome person in the <laughs> cast in the first season, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and um and uh, I mean like Edie Falco is a strange one. She's uh, have you ever seen the film what the hell is it called Kissing Jessica Stein?
1: No. No.
2: They talk they, they talk about um, it's it's a very good film actually. It's a really it's a good rom-com. Mm. Um, they, they they talk about the term sexy ugly. <laughs> and uh, I think Edie Falco is a, is a classic example of that, where depending on what light you catch her, and she can be really very gorgeous or, or quite um, sort of masculine. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, they don't they don't really have any yeah. stunning people in it until I, the I'd say people couple of. I'd, people say, come in.
1: I'd say Edie Falco is a handsome woman it's yeah, a
0: woman and and also i think uh, that's testament to the show as well because i don't think walking dead would have picked up on her without her being in this actually um well listen that's all good i I'm not sure there's much more to say about Nurse Jackie other than we highly recommend that you watch it and it's available on Netflix at the moment. The seven series on there and I've had a look and it expires. It Netflix, sorry, say. sorry, Now TV. and okay. On Now TV they have the expiry date on there which was helpful because I, I found out that the last episode we had to watch of Silicon Valley actually ran out on the day we were watching it so I was like, Jesus. So I'll check that in future. So check that out on Now TV when you go to play it, it has the little, how long that's going to On for, and this one is available till November. So, if you do have access to Now TV, crack on. That's what I will be doing. Mm. Um, in other news, uh, I want to touch on uh, Matt has mentioned off there that he's he's uh just caught up to the final season, as in the last season of Game of Thrones. So, he's just finished season five. Season five, Matt, I think was really quite um laborious. I haven't finished it yet. I've still got the last episode to go.
2: Are you finding it
0: quite laborious this season?
2: Well, I mean, as you know, I I dropped off, and I I thought I'd only got to halfway through season four. Mm -hmm. But the last episode I watched was, uh, the title of the episode was The Mountain and the Viper. Okay. So you you guys will know what that was. And that was the episode where I I just went, oh, for Christ, all right, I'm done with this fucking show. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've I've read the story up until this point. I've read all the books, and... Mm. um, and i and i remember this part of the show happening in the books mm-hmm. and it's not the same as it is in the tv uh show that thing doesn't happen mm-hmm. and and i was just like well why are we doing this I, yeah. you know I, I don't i don't care it didn't it didn't bother me mm-hmm. but not not in the sense that like oh i'm grossed out by this but i just mm-hmm. thought why, why did you need to throw that in? Why did that have to be there to excite your audience? Yeah, uh, this show's doing the wrong thing for me. I'm done. Well, I think um,
0: that you're about to turn a corner as you go into this latest season. I think you're going to. F- well, I really hope so. Because I, uh... I,
2: I had high hopes for this series. Like hmm. I remember watching the fir- the very first episode, and that first ten minutes in the um, the wildling forest where uh, the guys meet the White Walkers for the first time yeah and i was just like oh man this looks fucking great and then the white walkers don't come back for like three series (laughs) (laughs) and uh and you're just kind of watching this weird medieval soap opera Mm
0: -hmm. but um
2: i was really i really like the first and to a lesser extent the second series uh really caught me and I I enjoyed them a lot.
0: I think Um, that these first five, the first five series are phenomenally made television, let's say that, brilliantly funded, well made stuff, but you are watching a very slow planting of an entire field of seeds and in this Mm. last season you watch TV writers grab the harvest and go we will make every decision based on moving the plot forward five spaces every episode instead of spending forever on one little plot point and making it hideous and um, it, yeah, it's great. It's, it's, it's no, I'm brilliant. looking forward to it.
1: It's brilliant. Mm. Yeah, because, I'd be surprised if you don't like it, Matt. I would be very, I'd be very surprised if you don't yeah. come away loving yeah. Game of Thrones
2: again. So we want regular updates on that. And well, me too, because I, the one of the main things that I was uh, worried about going into the latter, latter stages of the show
0: yeah.
2: was that I stopped liking the books. Like I was just mm. carrying on with them to find out what the fuck happened, and yeah. then nothing fucking happened.
0: Yeah.
2: And, uh, (laughs) well, that's that's how the series. Kind of furious. That's how the, that's the
0: relationship I had with the series as well, a little bit was, well, this is obviously going to run for 40 series because they're not even beginning to tie shit up. And then all of a sudden a bloody bomb goes off of Turf (laughs) beginning to crap on I
1: I wonder, I wonder if they were season five for me, like, was when I was read, I was struggling to keep with it. And I, I was at a point with season five where I was thinking, Oh, this—it's just putting me on a downer now, and I'm not—I don't think it's getting anywhere. And I wonder if there was a point with the writers and with George R.R. R. Martin and with HBO, where they all just sat down and went, "Are we? What are we doing? Are we going any? Are we going to end this at any point?" And when they sat down and went, "This is where we're going to end it," that gave them a focus yeah. for season six and what made it so bloody yeah. good so i think that you'll it pulls you back around Matt. but then i have met I, I was talking to someone about game of thrones the other day and they said oh yeah i loved season five but you no, know, season six hasn't been as good and I, I just like i couldn't believe that they were that way around with it it's just wow so you know you get the odd person that sees it differently
0: <laughs> okay well we'll keep checking in with matt on that and f- and finally tonight's uh podcast will end with a philosophical question and this takes us back to nurse jackie and also to uh chuck we were talking about earlier which is this is there a potential that we look back in the future at this period of time or is this because we're in our 30s and having midlife crises where we look at all of this stuff and we go oh god um all these series where people explore their morality and we get entertainment out of we're we're questioning our own lives by recognizing and making choices and what is what is it to be good what is it to be bad what's breaking bad what's nurse jackie up to what's sopranos this obsession with putting ourselves through the emotional moral maze there's seems to be is it uh, yeah, are we in a patch where there's shit loads an unusual number of those things and is because um, I would put Chuck and I would put Stranger Things and certain other things we've talked about into this other camp which I wonder has got whether that's got long, more longevity, which is less about watching it and questioning a deep digging into our own morality and more just somebody getting on a stage and doing a gig for us, doing a performance for us that makes us feel fucking great.
2: So you, you think the latter thing has
0: more longevity I wonder whether it does. I wonder whether the morality stuff is stuff that society is at a point where it's figuring out. You know about equality and and where we sit, politics and all of that stuff. Whether that's the kind of zeitgeist of now, and actually, if you look back through time, as you say in music, I can't think of TV examples, but if you look back in music, you'll you get the experimental music and the stuff that is very of its time, and then you'll get the Beatles singing back in the USSR, and and yeah. that'll be the thing that remains the favorite you know what i mean
2: i i mean i I guess the the first thing that jumps to my mind is shakespeare Mm -hmm. um because he did both and that's perhaps
0: why he's had the most
2: longevity of anybody yeah but the the shakespearean the 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 great shakespeare's are are about those kind of uh, the explorations of humanity and um and our impulses and our you know the great the great tragedies those are the ones that really stand the test of time, I think, and they perform more than anyone any of any of the others Well, his comedies have done pretty well as well yes, they have, but they don't none of them have the status of Hamlet or Macbeth or Romeo and Juliet, I would argue
0: no, although if you watch Merry Wives of Windsor now and you see how uh how much he was exploring kind of women's roles and rights uh he he wrote he he 400 years ago he was almost writing better about those debates in a comedy than many tv series have done in the last 30 years
2: yeah or 12th night yeah yeah
0: (laughs) I mean, it really phenomenal stuff. And, I, I, you know, comedy does last the test of time. There's stuff that appears to be quite entertaining um, on the surface that has perhaps some deeper means. I suppose my question is more, am I getting sick of the morality stuff, the morality tale I, I, maybe I am a bit with Nurse Jackie I get this sense of well I know that this entire 7 series journey is going to be possibly a tragedy poss- like Breaking Bad at some point the person who's done all the wrong things is going to have to pay for them <laughs> A Sopranos kind of did the same thing, although it left it fairly ambiguous. And so I'm a bit getting a bit tired of that form, and I almost enjoy more. I almost get more value from the dafter stuff, which is there purely to make me laugh because someone's fallen over. Whether that's mm. co- you know more surprising. It might,
1: yeah, it might just be that I don't think that. I think, like I said at the start of the pod, you need to mix it up. And that's like, right. But you might be going, you might be going through a phase at the moment where you don't, you're not in the mood for uh, morality stories and stuff that's more of a fable. Maybe you're yeah. looking for stuff yeah. that's more of a light-hearted comedy and then you go through phases like that I'm sure you'll, you'll want to watch something meatier and tougher at some point like, like let me give you an example
0: Gilmore Girls you'll you're absolutely started right.
1: this <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> this week started on Sky Atlantic The Night Of um, oh you know, yeah The Night Of yeah I was this is to by the, this uh, Richard Price who's one of the creators of The Wire and Steve's Alien, who's a big uh, Hollywood Oscar winning writer it's I've watched the first episode if you've watched You've got to watch the first episode if you want something that's a morality set story. well mm. you'll probably not want this at the moment, but definitely Matt will. The first episode is unbelievable. It's just that it's just a, this this sort of this man who goes on this weird night uh, trying to have a party, and everything that can go wrong goes wrong in the space of literally like ten hours, and yeah, it's amazing. And the first episode is actually the best sort of the whole series it's brilliant so you've got well, to we give need,
0: we definitely need to get we need to do that it was the it was the director of photography of the West Wing who you'll hear on a podcast soon who told me to watch oh, it and it, right. it, yeah. it re- yeah. yeah it sounds great I suppose what I'm saying is I'm I'm ready to be surprised more by those things I, I, I'm not against things of depth at all I, I love things of depth but I still want to be surprised for, for me it's becoming a little like hearing another downbeat Ed Sheeran song
1: where I go a
0: bit of this same introspection that I've heard a million times before. I'm ready for people to be inventive. I know it works but I'm ready for people to be really inventive with the form and that's why we need to talk about the get down at some point as well because it's... I do want to watch that. Well, it's going to be really, really interesting. I think people are going to be split not necessarily with like or dislike, but with the elements of it that they're happiest with and not happiest with, because it's like a mix between reality and a musical. And um, so it does a lot of the things. I I really didn't... I didn't know where it was going to end. I didn't know if it was Romeo and Juliet or if it was... um, you know a disney film i i really had no idea uh, it's it's very interesting i don't know if they needed to spend as much money as they did on it but it's um, yeah we must do that soon <laughs> it was very expensive what was it ben said 120 million or something
2: yeah uh, oh my m- God. most
0: expensive series ever uh, definitely for Netflix, whether that's of any TV series ever, I think it might be.
2: That is gargantuan, isn't it? It's huge,
0: crazy, and
2: that—that's for a single season. I take it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Um, Uh, but if you, I'd love to know. Because I remember uh, Star Trek used to be shot on a million dollars an episode, The Next Generation, and that's going back a long time.
0: God, God, it doesn't. So that would have been a twenty-two million (laughs) pound
2: season, twenty-two million dollar season.
1: Wow. God. I mean, it's weird, isn't it? Because with TV, you can't. It's not as easy to measure financial success, is it? Because it's not mm-hmm. like with a, you can see the box office at the weekend and go, oh, it made hundreds of millions. And no, it's it's a harder thing to sort of judge. So we don't know if how shows. I mean, I'd, I'd love to know how much a season of Game of Thrones costs, and then how much it makes like that yeah. would be interesting to know exactly
0: oh, it what. must work the, the maths must work or it wouldn't be on season five season six, yeah yeah seven it's uh yeah I, I mean netflix share price is uh very good at the moment so
2: uh it must well be netflix working. is an interesting model isn't it because um everyone pays their subscriber fee regardless of what show is made that's right mm-hmm. And so they they only lose money if someone is so disgusted with the network that they leave. Yeah, yeah, but
0: it's also about – it's a public company, so it's share price. So all the buzz around the two biggies at the moment, which is Stranger Things and uh, this one uh, – the get down, to get down, that shoots the price up again, and it's all people banking on: is this project going to work? Is this the future of TV? And at the moment, you know, they they are uh, Ben. It makes Ben sick, and I completely understand if you work in the business of making entertainment and somebody starts spending that amount of money on something, how can you fucking compete? But equally, uh, in that competitive world, they are making decisions which make really good results and we've seen a studio system in Hollywood that has spent a lot of money on really shit films in the past so we know it's possible to get it wrong
2: So so does, does Ben... if if only he were here I know I cannot Uh,
0: speak for Ben all Ben said I can hear him shouting at the podcast now all Ben has said is is, uh, he said they're killing it in both regards so I think he's basically saying the same thing as me they're killing it in terms of they're making some really great stuff but they're also the playing field becomes so difficult for other people to operate on I think
2: yeah okay
0: and it must be uh, must be really hard, but I am ultimately I am really glad that creativity is that they're making the right decisions with that money, and that that that, that, that those shows are so good that Stranger Things and The Get Down are just so good. The people in them, I mean, The Get Down, the cast. You know, we're talking about singers, dancers, and actors, and triple threats who are brilliant it's uh, but
2: but this is the question i have and i really i do want to ask this to ben Mm. is you know we've seen enough movies to know that spending a lot of money on something doesn't make it good exactly yeah Yeah. um so what is it that they're doing with that money Mm. that does make everything so good because they are getting it right more than they're getting it wrong actually maybe that's not true because there is there are Hundreds of Netflix originals now, which I haven't even fucking touched. yeah, um yeah, but, so I don't know how how much they're getting it right versus getting well, it perhaps wrong. Perhaps they're just. getting
0: it right with each genre, with each audience. They know their audiences. it's all very mathematically worked out. and and ultimately, if you give that much money to somebody like Baz Lerman, if you can afford Baz Lerman to produce and write something, you know that you're on a pretty good bet rather than giving that much money to Jamie.
2: Oh. Yeah, I wouldn't give a lot of money to... Actually, you may... Yeah, give me, give, me... give me... How much, how much are you going to give
1: him, Matt? How much? Give me five grand.
2: Five grand? <laughs> what are you going to
1: make for it? Oh, um...
2: Go on, 20 second pitch.
1: <laughs> going to make a, a, a um, short... Um, I'm going to make a s- sitcom about penguins.
2: I'm in. Are they in captivity or are they in the wild?
1: Yeah, yeah, they're in uh, the wild. Okay. They're living in the city, in your basement. Oh, they're
2: in... Okay. Is it in America or, or is it European?
1: It's in your basement.
2: Oh, it's in my basement? Can I just yeah. say
0: this is an awesome premise for a pilot? Somebody yeah,
2: a North, in the basement
0: for some oh. reason Matt wakes up one morning, hung over, and in his basement he's created basement. there's there's fifty penguins in amongst um artificial snow that he's shipped in from somewhere and he then has to figure out how to look after them or get rid of them. That's a great premise. Yeah.
1: This might be stolen from the film Mister Poppers Penguins. I am ah. not sure. Ah shit! Oh,
2: oh, I haven't that's seen that's a Shame! I didn't know <laughs> that was happening. Yeah. Right, I've only well, just
1: realised, but yeah, there we go. On that bombshell, oh, well.
0: um, <laughs> let's get the get down on the list. But next week we're going to be discussing uh, g- uh, not Gotham. He's we dead did that last week. week. What? is daredevil it daredevil, next daredevil, daredevil next week daredevil, daredevil. it's going to be an interesting one i don't um, know what i think about daredevil have you watched
1: it all matt
0: yeah i've seen all of it yeah okay good so we need to have you jamie
1: i've watched it yes
0: ah right well we need to find uh somebody who wants to be guinea pig hey if you've never been on this podcast and you would like to be guinea pig all we got to do is watch one episode of it come and join us we'd love to get you on um email us if you'd like to join in studio at the box yeah i am talking to you if you can hear my voice now it's you that i'm talking to studio at the box we'd love all you do email me your phone number we'll patch you in right fun uh, good, thanks very much. I
2: love, how, how far are we into the pod right now? How far are we in? Oh. About fifty minutes. Uh, oh
0: yeah, yes. Because yeah, we're
2: starting to get Jamie's strange noises. Yeah, he's busy. <laughs> what are you doing, Jamie? <laughs> I was at at listening to the Gotham listening. podcast on the way home today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what, the, what I like to imagine is that Jamie is sat on a travelator, yeah. which, <laughs> and he's talking into his phone, and sometimes <clears throat> it's outdoors. Sometimes he's in a bottling factory. <laughs> <laughs> Occasionally he'll go past a piece of complex machinery. He's definitely and then at one point, one point, I feel like he's having his hair cut. He's definitely started to lose interest in the last ten minutes. What have you been doing, Jamie?
1: No, I just, I, I just stand up because my legs are going. So I'll move in the cramp. I've got, I'm in the spare room with all this baby equipment. I'm literally, there's no space. Where I have to move everything to stand up.
2: Just edging towards the door. That's what he's doing.
1: My, my legs have gone to sleep, Howell. <laughs> they go to sleep. See you next week.
2: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50